My name is Stephen King. I've written several motion pictures, but I want to tell you about a movie called Maximum Overdrive, which is the first one I've directed. Wow. What in the dickens is going on around here? A lot of people have directed Stephen King novels and stories. And I finally decided if you want something done right, you ought to do it yourself. And who was driving it? I don't know. It was my first picture as a director, and you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. What is going on? I don't know! I just wanted someone to do Stephen King right. You want a war? You got one. I just want to get the hell out of here. So come and spend some time with me and my friends at the Dixie Boy. Spend some time in the dark. Please don't let us be in the dark. I'm gonna scare the hell out of you. And that's a promise. You're gonna get us in an awful lot of trouble, man. We already in trouble. Maximum terror. Jesus coming and he is. Maximum king. Maybe tomorrow will be our world again. Dino De Laurentiis presents Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. Hello, and welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. With your hosts, Tyler W. Moore, a special guest, and a special guest. Yes, welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Gina Bryant-Nugent. I'm Roy Nugent. And today, we are talking about three films from the works of Stephen King. Uh, it's, it's, it's weird that he's not, like, the director of all three of them. That's usually how we label these things. Mm, yes. uh, he did direct one of them, yeah. because we're talking about... Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Uh, because we're talking about Maximum Overdrive, Pet Cemetery, the original, and Misery. So, how about this? You guys, you guys, Roy's been on the podcast before. Returning uh, champion, yes. Yeah. Retor- returning best guest. Um, Live up to it, Gina. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, this is what you have to measure up to. This is how I spend my time, folks, in the middle of these two guys, and this is exactly how I watched all three of these movies, with one of them on either side of me, pointing at me. <laughs> we'll get to that, for sure. My bad, my bad. Um, but Definitely look like the truck from Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> yeah, Maximum Overdrive. That's the first movie we're talking about today. Yes, indeed. So let's go ahead and just, uh, let's get into it, because, so... Uh, you hadn't seen this movie before, Gina. I had not. And uh, I've seen it a couple times. I think, Roy, you've seen it a couple times, yes? I've seen, I've definitely seen pieces of it a billion times on yeah. TNT when I was growing up. And then... I'm surprised this got airtime on television. Uh, you know, I'm sure it was cut pretty <laughs> well. But, like, seeing it all the way through, this is probably, like, my third third time all okay. the way through. Okay. Um, because this is, in fact... Stephen King's first 
directorial effort. And his last. I watched this movie because I heard about that and the fact that it had an ACDC soundtrack, uh, the Who Made Who album. And so obviously I, I tracked this movie down. I think it was about 14 years old. Uh, we <laughs> found it at Mega Movies in Winfield. Ooh, yeah. uh, Been there. And it uh, we found a tape of it. It was the only way we were going to watch that movie at that yeah. point in time. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, we popped it in and fully enjoyed it, of course. Just soaked it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, realized that it was not what I was expecting yeah. at all. <laughs> when you hear Stephen King directs a, a motion picture. you I think you would automatically assume that it is a straight horror yes. film. And mm-hmm. Maximum Overdrive is not very much of a horror movie at all. Yeah. Landed on action horror more than anything. Yeah, yes, like sci-fi even. Like yeah. Just yeah. comets. And... <laughs> comets and machines coming to life. It's like Christine, but for everything. Everything. For yeah. everything, everything that, except for the things that, that they don't want it to they, be. That right. they need in the plot. Yeah. The if plot they need a car to get someone somewhere, obviously that car is not a It's fine. What, are you going to ride totally bicycles fine. the whole way? <laughs> That's but the other thing. But a bicycle is a machine. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be electronic to be a machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if it, I think it is just electronic machines. It seems like it. Yeah, the movie starts off. With the best Stephen King cameo mm-hmm. in history. Yes. <laughs> because she's, he's using an ATM and uh, the machine calls him an asshole. Yes. And he's got and that says, little hat on. <laughs> the first visual of the movie, the first words are fuck you just on the ATM screen. That was directly to the audience. Yes, yeah. For sure. Yes. I, I have that written here. A sign of the attitude toward the audience. <laughs> yep. The beginning was actually kind of scary for me because there's that bridge that raises up and those things have always terrified me because I, well, I'm afraid of a lot of weird things. But just the anxiety of that actually happening and then seeing it was... That is one of the more terrifying like things to stop and think about. I mean, obviously, like an electric knife that goes haywire isn't that yes. big of a deal. But, yeah. Like if you're on. Oh a, no, I'm afraid of those too. But if you're on a drawbridge that's opening, like that's something that could reasonably happen. Yeah, yeah. It reasonably kill you very quickly. Yeah. Like, um, which just kind of like to that point, the the stunt work uh, is yeah. is incredible throughout the whole movie, but especially in that scene. Uh, they're yeah. like flipping cars and, and shit. sliding like, down the bridge on people bags. going through windows. Yeah, yeah I, I audibly exclaimed, This woman just goes straight through the windshield. And yeah, I mean, I think it was a real person. No, it, it looked was. like a real person. Oh, yeah, maybe a dude in a wig. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but I mean, you know, he his liberal use of slow motion was a appropriate in that scene. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely he sets a tone there because he. Truly seems to like he has like this pre Michael Bay uh, mentality of like if I just put everything in slow motion uh-huh. and ex- like just have a ton of explosions like this will make the movie good. Like he's got he definitely watched uh, Peck and Paw movies. And yeah, was like oh the Wild Bunch. There was a lot of slow motion in that. I'm gonna do that. He must have just shot one shot like that and been like, okay, we're doing that for the whole picture. Like, <laughs> I want to run two cameras, one in full, one in slow motion. We're gonna see how it looks. I I think that we noted it was the era of Stephen King where he was using a lot of cocaine. Yes, and I feel like that showed through. Oh, yeah. and he fully admitted that he, yeah. he he apologizes for this movie in the form of I did a lot of drugs, but it was also it was one of those movies that was so bad it was 
pretty entertaining. It had me right up until I got a little... Yeah. You know, you got to keep my attention. And certainly the first part of it did. Well, they definitely did not know how to end the film. No. Uh, have we adequately explained no, what Maximum no. Overdrive no, is about? No, probably not. Uh, so... There's apparently a comment. There's a whole bunch of text at the beginning. You don't have to read that. Um, I read it. It's not that hard. It's not the but, Star Wars scrolls. <laughs> uh, that, like Stephen, like you're you're directing a film. Like the last thing we want to do is read, Stephen. Uh, I'll take. But, I'll pick up one of your books. <laughs> yeah. If I wanted to read it, I would have read Trucks. Um, <laughs> But so yeah, there's like apparently a comet that's like having an effect on all these machines. They're all coming to life, and so. But our main focus is on this crew of people at the Dixie Boy Truck Stop, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. mainly Emilio so Estevez. Emilio Estevez, yeah, uh, the best Estevez. Oh, hands down <laughs> of, the, of the children. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, Lisa Simpson. Yeah, Lisa, and Lisa Simpson is there, and, and does not look. Pat- uh, not the only. voice of Lisa Simpson, obviously. Yeah. Yardley Smith, who does... No, I'd never seen a picture of her, I guess. Boy, and uh, she is... She's an interesting-looking person. And she's like... she's one of those. Time. She's one of those people who got better looking as she got older. Like... <laughs> She grew into her weird face. I was definitely thrown by her weird face the first time I watched it, but I was more so thrown by the fact that her voice is awful in this movie. It's, it's grating. Oh, yeah, it's and just And, like, Lisa she's there Simpson. the whole time. Um, she yeah. was obviously hired for her screaming. Yeah. Uh, she, she does a lot of it. And she was really good at that. Yeah. Mm, very good. Kurt, what are you doing over there? Are they dead? <laughs> are you dead? <laughs> it's just Lisa Simpson with the harshest southern <laughs> Oklahoma drawl. Well, there's the, there's the episode of The Simpsons where she imagines herself being married to um, Ralph Oh, Reagan, yeah, and it's she that, that voice. exact same voice. She does. That's the... <laughs> She's like 400 pounds. And, and like, in a trailer park, park with a bunch that, of kids. And she does that voice. And Pat Hingle is in it as the owner. Bubba. Bubba. Uh, and he also calls everybody Bubba. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's very uh, Buck Strickland-esque. Buck Strickland-esque. <laughs> yes. A little bit of, little bit of um, Dale because he's got all the guns and yeah. explosives <laughs> in the bottom of his... Hand me that bazooka <laughs> on top. <laughs> Obviously very like the from the sheriff from Smokey and the Bandit yeah, too. Bit, yeah. Like, yeah. Buford yeah, Team little... Justice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like... Emilio Estevez is pretty likable as the main guy. He's giving a serviceable performance like, in this film. You know, I don't he is know. Cer- certainly there. <laughs> I, I don't know. Imagine trying to be on set for this movie. So I don't. Yeah. Like an no, everybody act. signed up because they thought it was going to be something else. Yeah. yeah. Um, like probably more, than... more the, like The Shining. Yeah, I. I... I uh, I can definitely say he did a much better job than the female lead of the movie who gives who leaves no impression on the audience except for the fact that her hair changes halfway through the movie. It, it looks very much like she got a perm, like a really <laughs> bad frizzy perm, like in the middle of the movie. And I don't know if she was also wearing the same outfit as Emilio Estevez for a good the first part of, of it. Because yeah, and like, then she randomly changes her clothes. I don't even oh, because she's, she's like, like that guy touched me and now he's dead. He didn't touch her while he was dead. Yeah, but now he is dead. And they're, they, they, I think they Gross. realized that they were wearing the same thing. Like once they got on set and they're like, okay, we'll shoot a couple days like this. <laughs> 
and then we're gonna have her switch to a pink shirt because everyone's yeah. wearing white and jeans. Like and turns they're both out, wearing hats at one point. Hey, hey Steve, most of the time people wear different kinds of clothes. With <laughs> little tip, little, little tip. tip. Yeah, no, the uh, like we said, the first half of the movie is a lot stronger. It's kind of just like, you know, because it's very much so introducing the concept of how, like, all these different things that can go haywire, that can go into maximum overdrive, if you will. <laughs> um, uh, she does say the name of the movie. It, yeah. She does, she does. Uh, well, there's a kid who's riding his bike around. Yeah. The baseball like game, kid, after yeah. the baseball game gets attacked. Yeah, and that was a good scene. That's a good scene. Although it's a little bit disappointing because I I guess I have just read about it before and I always like imagine it because like there's a part where like a steamroller comes in and runs over this child yeah. and <laughs> it's already pretty great but like it, uh, originally like in in the movie like uh, they shot it where like there was an effect where like a little bit of blood was supposed to come out but it was like right up front so it just looks like his fucking head explodes <laughs> and their <laughs> MPAA was just like no, no way man you can kill a kid but show less of it <laughs> the setup's interesting because it's very similar to the mist having it, a group of is. people trapped in one you know store truck stop and you know it's the Night of the Living Dead formula where everybody is bickering while they're trapped in the supernatural forces out, or outside. Yeah. But like none of the drama inside of Maximum Overdrive is very interesting. <laughs> no. <laughs> so yeah, they forgot to give anyone but like Amel pretty much the... Emilio is an ex-con and the owner is Bubba is trying to screw him out of an hour's worth of pay. That's oh, like... I forgot about that. He yeah, that's about the only the the characterization totally we have. Like, it's only an hour. I mean, like, like, they only mention it but like, like, come on. A day. An oh, hour a day. A day uh, and yeah. saying, oh, you can't do anything about it because yeah. otherwise I'll send you back to prison. Yeah. It seems like a fairly good... I, I mean, it's a, it's bullshit, but it seems like a fairly good trade-off to going back to prison. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I do need to talk about a character that yeah. obviously featured very prominently in all of the marketing is the Green Goblin truck. Uh-huh. Which, at first, I remarked to both of you that I wasn't sure about that. It was kind of weird. Uh -huh. It was a lot for me. And then you guys said, well, the truck is the main antagonist. <laughs> And I don't know what I expected. I guess I didn't expect it to be, because uh, I came in not really knowing much about this movie, except that it was crazy. And so that was a joy to find yeah. out that that's the truth. No, that was yeah. that was great. Uh, he kind of backs up a little bit as the villain of the film once we have the uh, weird little army car. Yeah. It is a platform oh, with yeah. a gun yeah, attached that's, to it. And then yeah. that's the bad guy. Yeah. He's the head well, of the I mean, that's a lot more that, dangerous. The yeah. Platform, <laughs> the, the, the platform can get it. I'm, I wonder if it was a last minute addition because like they realized oh the trucks really can't get anywhere. Yeah. Because well, they, they remark <laughs> on the fact that like well the trucks can't run into the building because they would just go through into the basement. Yeah. Like and that's that's solid, um, and I think it's probably why they like. I my assumption is that it was supposed to be a tank. I imagine it probably was. And it would have been cooler almost, if it was yeah, a like tank. a small tank. I thought maybe they made it up. If you remember, we had to look it up and see. <laughs> we that, did no. indeed know that there are something pretty similar to that. Yeah, it's <laughs> used because it, it looks, looks very like fake. a GI Joe vehicle. Like yeah, yeah. It's like it looks the, real fake. <laughs> It, um, yeah, no, it wasn't, I think, like, honestly, like, even, 
they they must have just been like shopping for vehicles and they're like you know what this one suits our needs like because like a you know like a jeep with some kind of like gun attachment in the back like would have worked but it's been done but it's also cumbersome i can imagine that like not being as good for like angles where if there's just a gun sticking out of the yeah and it can go all (laughs) it's like it's only been used on one episode of the a-team it's great right (laughs) Although, although who loaded that gun the uh, gun itself, but the guns that the other people are using—they're <laughs> on—they're—they're they're on their. The they're on the human, human side. side. Yeah. <laughs> my my favorite part of uh, watching this with you guys was occasionally uh, when something would, a new thing would roll up, we'd be like, guys. Who's driving that truck? <laughs> I did say it, and the first time I said it, you thought I was serious. <laughs> I was with you. I was. Uh, with you. I don't know. I think you might have been serious. <laughs> I was not. It was a joke. <laughs> We're opening up a can of worms. <laughs> yeah, no. So about halfway through the movie, we get into this point where. The movie literally runs out of gas mm-hmm. because yeah, the truck's only gas. But I'm bumped. So they they start filling them up, and uh, it is not very entertaining. It is literally a sequence <laughs> thrilling uh, gas pumping action. <laughs> uh, I think I think it's I think it was Shake Your Foundation playing over uh, just a bunch of cars getting fueled up, and then uh, then the cars are still pissed off. And they sneak away, and the cars follow them, and they blow it up, and they sail away on a boat. That is the rest of the movie. Which is also the ending of the Dawn of the Dead remake. They <laughs> yes. get on a boat, and they sail away from their problems. They sure did. <laughs> Emilio Estevez, his character is clearly tired of the film, <laughs> and says, Adios, motherfucker, <laughs> blows up the Green uh-huh. Goblin truck, uh-huh. and that, and credits fucking roll. Luckily, oh. I think he says that he has been on a sailboat before. Yeah, he did he mention did. working he on did. boats. He worked on a sailboat. Um, so, that's some... a nice plot help. Oh, yeah. Look, there was a bazooka that yeah. was used. Several so, times. Several times. Mm-hmm. Did you like the 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 lady who was barely a character for a majority of it who went out and screamed the theme of the film? We oh, made you! You can't do this to us! <laughs> There's a lot of... And that's all she says over and over. <laughs> we well, made you! Is that the waitress from the... Yeah, yeah. it's the, uh, the truck stop waitress. She gets her arm chopped a little bit. Yeah, and, then, then and everyone goes, was very casual about that giant wound. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're like making fun of her. Yeah, like, they're like, uh, just a little everybody scratch. Everybody was incredibly ca- casual about most of the film. Yeah, <laughs> and nobody was upset. All these truckers are just like, man, normal day. <laughs> Sometimes machines come to laugh and try and kill you. What about that guy that just bursts in? Oh my god, yeah, the guy in the neon green shirt. Yeah, like, they don't really ever show him before. This trucker that I guess has been there the whole Hold time <laughs> bursts in wearing a lime green shirt. What does he say? I don't remember. I just remember he kicks the fucking doors open and that was enough to make us laugh. Yeah. Like, Who the fuck are you swinging just, your weight around here? He just screams like, what's up, yeah. motherfuckers? They don't, some yeah. shit. They don't, they don't, uh introduce anyone like no 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 idea who any of these people are other than emilio estevez emilio estevez the boss and like his son his son yeah emilio estevez's name was bill and that's all i remember yeah yeah and then deke or something oh yeah the kid's name was deke (laughs) (laughs) but like i i don't think they did they even mention the 
woman's the lead woman's name they Maybe certainly not. had to have. I, I mean i don't know if they said in gladiator, in gladiator they only mentioned the lead female character's name one time in the entire movie so right well clearly she, you know she's a woman so yeah they're not not important not they're, necessary the lady when you the, only cast one a lady woman, when you only cast one woman there's a waitress in there too Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Two. So when you cast two women, yeah. neither of them need names. No. One's waitress. Woman one, woman two. Woman waitress. Waitress and woman. Yeah, yeah. there you go. There you yeah. go. See? Solved all of our problems. So let's, uh, well, you got any final thoughts on Maximum Overdrive? Uh, it's an, it's a, as bad as it is, it's a, a lot of fun. Like it is, especially if you're watching it with a group of people, I wouldn't watch this movie by yourself because I'm sure you'll just probably hate it. Like, oh. you know, but like, <laughs> I mean, unless you're a certain type who can, unless you're me or me, I mean, I would watch it alone, but like most people would probably right. just hate it immediately and just like be gone with it. And probably, yeah, about 10 minutes. And was like, done. what the, what is this? I'm, I would have gotten bored. Like three quarters of the way through yeah yeah but, but if you're with people and you're making fun of it then yes. enjoying it yes you know a little bit of the history of it yeah and i think yeah. it definitely works well if you know that stephen king was really high on coke <laughs> and this is the only thing and have you if you've seen the trailer yes it, because it is one of the best trailers of all time oh yeah that audio is already played yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um i yeah it, it does just sort of end uh, but the first half is so good. Like I, I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as a teenager, and it's definitely not as good as it was back then. But you know what? Uh, I, uh, I'm gonna give it a set. I'm gonna give it seven Jamies out of ten. Jamies. <laughs> uh, Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, I'll give it a like six point five. Well, how about you, Roy? Uh, I'll do a seven too. I think if you can enjoy it on the right level then it is a lot of fun and it never really uh completely runs out of enjoyment in yeah i love it because at least you got acdc on half yes. of it too like, solid that, that was yeah. Nice. yeah except yeah. for their like they kind of just they especially early on in the film just kind of did this weird guitar <laughs> psycho thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they just like okay we'll just turn on the right here is where we're going to play some music <laughs> and they're like, all right uh, <laughs> angus malcolm hop, hop in there go, and just go. start playing <laughs> All right. The next film on our list is Pet Cemetery. <laughs> um, so how about this was your first time seeing this one too, right? It was. Gina? It was. My the only thing I knew about Pet Cemetery really is that I guess my mom read Pet Cemetery when I was a toddler and like she said she couldn't read another Stephen King book for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was definitely one like it was always it was old reliable when it was on AMC at like three in the morning, which it pretty much always yeah. was. Like you could turn this one on, and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, watch it until you fell asleep. Um, I I I really yeah. So I I, I you know I, I always really liked this one. Um, uh, watching it now, several years later, as uh, as an older man, um, you know, just like. The middle of a regular day like with in a room with a bunch of people like it's like oh this isn't as this isn't as rock solid as i thought it was <laughs> like no i definitely had fonder memories of this than this viewing uh showed to me because i too had, i mean i had probably seen it on vhs the last time mm -hmm. rented from some store and then on tv 
pieces yeah. of it. And so seeing it all the way through, this might be my second time in yeah. 10 years. Right. 10, 15 years. And uh, it's almost a good movie, but it's not campy enough to be totally enjoyable the entire time. Uh-huh. And it's not just good enough to be a good movie. I think it definitely, it has its merits enough. Like I have plenty of good things to say yeah. about this movie. Um, and I think it has enough merits that uh, I do still enjoy it. Cause like, Here's 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 what happened uh, for this podcast as far as like how we watch these movies. I I went out and I bought Pet Cemetery and Maximum Overdrive. I'm like I know I like these movies for sure. This will be a good investment. <laughs> and I watched watched Pet Cemetery this time. I'm like I don't know if I'm gonna watch this as many times as I thought I was going to. It did make me want to watch Pet Cemetery too, though. Oh shit! I forgot that oh, no. existed. What? Yeah. There's a second one. Yeah, I think Edward Furlong's in it from T2. Oh shit! Okay, okay. But <laughs> does he have the same bad haircut? I think he still does. <laughs> I I wasn't. I didn't love it. I don't know. It's it it does shock me. I love all the movies you guys got to watch as kids because I definitely was not allowed to watch this movie when I was a kid. My mom actually controlled what I watched. But oh, my parents tried. <laughs> well, you guys were much sneakier than me, I guess. I was, I was very nervous kid. I didn't like horror either, so mm. it wasn't a big deal. But I don't know. I instantly recognized the kid. Yeah, yeah. Because he's in Kindergarten okay. Cup and Full House and like so many yeah. things from when I was a kid. He's probably like a little younger than us. Yeah, I now mean, he's probably def- He's definitely in our age bracket. Yeah, you uh, because you, I think Roy brought it up that he was in, he was uh, Nancy's kid in New Nightmare. Yeah, and like I, like, oh yeah, that and just like, like, oh yeah, that like rewired my head. I was like, that is him. Yeah. He's um, got a very distinct head shape. Yes, as a child. yes, yeah, and a voice. Like I recognize his yeah. voice too. I, I will say, I think it's sometimes hard for me when this isn't the movie's fault. Like obviously, this is Steven's fault. Like people being so stupid. Yeah. Like so dumb. Let's as just characters. as characters. Just how uh, many red flags does this main character lot, need? A lot of red flags. It's just yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's also like because so Fred Gwen is in this movie and he's incredible. He's yeah. I um, enjoy him. But he, he is also worth the price of admission. <laughs> he also like he knows exactly like he tells a story about how he took his dog to this Indian burial ground, uh, <laughs> and. Like how he came back not, <laughs> not normal, <laughs> and then he's like, "Yeah, but it'll it'll work out for you, you probably." probably. <laughs> and then he d- so he shows him like because their their cat Winston Churchill dies uh, in the road, the very obviously dangerous road. They mentioned the road a lot, a lot, and all the, the trucks, the trucks going a hundred and thousand miles an hour <laughs> down it at all times. Yes, like why um, would you buy this house? <laughs> yeah, the sight on scene, I guess. Uh, 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 so their cat Church dies. Uh, Fred Gwynn uh, takes takes the uh, the patriarch of the family uh, down to uh, down to the old Indian burial ground and uh, like all right, get digging, motherfucker. He sits back and lets uh, like go. They go on a sure mini. Does. They go on a mini Lord of the Rings. <laughs> they really do. It's a it's a journey. Like. <laughs> Where do you guys live? Well, Maine. Obviously, they live in Maine. They really made sure you knew it was Maine. Yeah, this uh, is one of the Fred few Gwynn's... Stephen King ones that really seems like it might actually be Maine. Yeah. Because Fred Gwynn yeah. has that really 
doing a voice. He's yeah. Do- the soil of a man's heart is Estonia. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> which I love because I watch a lot of Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> and they do the same. Don't want to go down that road. <laughs> Don't go down that road. It's... He touches a cat with his, a dead cat. The main character touches a cat with Church. his touches dead cat. Yeah, his he just bare up, hands. Picks it up and it makes a nice, like a nice velcro <laughs> yeah, sound off the ground. Cat. Yeah. But when when Church does come back, uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff they're doing with his eyes. Yeah, that's like really nice, glowing, like creepy cat eyes. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously not drugged like he was in the beginning of the movie. Like every yeah, time he's very docile. <laughs> back from the dead, he's like laying there, stoned out of his mind. Yes. <laughs> um, then there's a there's a great scene after they bring the cat back where he's like, uh, I don't even remember the fucking the dad's name. They call him Doc. Through uh, his name's Bad Actor. Uh, yeah, he was because he was his very name bad. Bill. Uh, Am I making that up? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. think so. Um, but, uh, he's like, he's sitting in the bath and Church drops a fucking dead rat in there. <laughs> that was pretty great. That was pretty good. I did, yeah. There's some really good stuff yeah. in it. There's yeah. some really good little set pieces. There's some also very bizarre stuff, like, uh, the wife, who's a, who is a good actress. Uh, uh Star Trek actress, good. thank you. Oh, that's right. Um, uh, her sister Zelda. Um, like she has like, just telling the story about how she can't deal, cause they don't want, they don't want their oh. kids to learn about death. Right. Uh, because uh, she had a bad experience with her sister turning into a fucking monster. Apparently. <laughs> Is that a real thing? I don't, I mean, I don't think they turn into monsters that look like that. If you have, what is it, spinal... I'd never even heard of it. It, I, it felt made up, but, you know. Yeah. Monster it's, disease. They don't that... turn into fucking Reagan from The Exorcist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that was probably a thing, because Stephen King also wrote the screenplay for this one. That's right. Yeah, so, like oh, that know. was probably something that shouldn't have been in the movie. That was it. Was very obviously something that was in the book yeah. that like other any other movie would have locked out because like because yes. it just happens all of a sudden and she has this long speech about her yeah. sister and then her sister comes back in like a vision to her at the end and I mean you could have cut all that stuff out, all out and out. like it would have like you could have just said like oh I'm just uncomfortable with talking about death. Or, you yeah. know, uh, my sister died when I was young from a horrible, you know, and then, like, yeah. she goes on and it kind of makes her, like, it shades her character for the rest of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, then she's parents. just that for the rest of the Yeah, and her parents who are part of it. And That's I'm, all you can think about when like, you see your parents. Oh, yeah. These guys are assholes. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah people, it's like, psychos. Yeah. Like, leave their child at home. With their crit- clinically ill sister to take care of dead dying sister yeah i like the part uh where they have um so their 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 son gage dies uh and obviously you know uh their fred gwen has like just uh laid out the path yeah for uh for doc to uh <laughs> want to bring his son back to for life doc brown. for doc brown to uh, <laughs> Uh, he slipped on a toilet while hanging up a clock, and all of a sudden, duck beige. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So uh, then the fucking father-in-law, like during the funeral scene, like knocks over the casket. It's like fist fight. horrifying, is, like, just horrifying. This scene. is so obviously like not like it just it totally registers that Stephen King wrote the screenplay. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Well, and. The line, the very Stephen King line and new main lingo that gets yeah. into this script where it's like, oh, that just is funny. 
Like, yeah. that's not... You like, had one Shilly Shally? Oh, yeah, Shilly Shally, <laughs> which I'd never heard of. Like, and I'm sure it's something... I mean, I've never been to Maine, so... like I'm uh, not convinced it exists. I'm not convinced it is exists. Is Maine there? Is it a real place? I don't think so. Obviously, he takes the kid, uh, buries him in the old Indian burial ground, and what what's to happen, but... He, he fucking comes back. He comes mm. back as sometimes a little mannequin. Yeah. And not quite right. Yeah. Sometimes dead is better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the kid's really good. The kid's oh, great. Yeah. And like, I would have just imagined it being like the most fun when yes. you're that age to be like a little, I'm going to get you monster. Yeah. yeah. You know? And like, like biting the dad's yeah. neck. Biting. Like, <laughs> And then there's times where it straight up just looks like a Chucky doll. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a part where he like throws him down the stairs yeah. and he's very clearly just throwing a dummy down the <laughs> yeah. stairs. Like, which is good. I'm glad he didn't throw the real kid. Yeah, down don't the throw stairs. the child. Don't. But like, I think it's the like I think he's wearing like overalls, and it's like they just, it just screams oh. Chucky to me. It like does. Because mo- like, there's a part where they light him on fire, and he's just like sitting, kind yeah, of, yeah, uh, against the wall, and it's like, oh, that's just. <laughs> Chucky. It is kind of great that <laughs> they let the kid on fire. Like I was, I mean, it surprising that they did that. Yeah. <laughs> Two child murders. Yeah. yeah. So far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, nothing, and nothing. Oh, nothing. Uh, so. you know, writers have themes, don't they? The so. the helpful old man, Fred Gwynn, and yeah, yeah. There was also a thing with uh, that was also in Misery. I don't think yes. it happened in Maximum Overdrive, but uh, Fred Gwynn does uh, like light a match with his by looking it with his thumb. Yeah, yeah. and it that happen- happens in Misery too. Yeah, yeah. It's not weird in and of itself, but it happens. A lot in two in, separate movies. Yeah. Probably more if you sit and like watch them. Yeah. yeah, I there were definitely. He definitely has themes because obviously, like Fred Gwynn's character is a lot like um, in The Shining, the um, the caretaker in The Shining. Yeah, yeah. And I think he said like all of Pet Cemetery comes from like he just had kids and like mm-hmm. that's his greatest fear and like he's just tunneling as great as and that comes through and that really does it's like it's unfortunate that the lead actor is so bad because otherwise like if if you had a better actor in there like i i feel like there are scenes in there where i would have been sobbing like if he was this guy this guy is just like it doesn't look like anything registers like it's he seems like just very melodramatic and then and then he'll go to the 110 yeah but most of the time he's just like he's waiting in line at the dmv yeah, yes. and like I should have, I you just made me think like, yeah, if it had been well done, I definitely would have cried. Because like what, like God, like the just the thought like, of him yeah. losing his son, like, like oh, actually, like, I was a little salty though because he was so dumb that he turned his back on his one year old child. Yeah, by the highway, which, is, which they by always the seem to be near. Yeah, like always right next to it. Well, the, like because yeah, the way this that scene is staged, by the way, so they're flying a kite. And, uh, uh, like, the, the son is, like, playing around with it. And, like, he goes to, like, address his daughter. Like, turns around for, like, a minute. And, like, but it seems like they're out in the middle of a field. Right. But when they cut away, like, he's they're just, right like, next to the highway. He's in, like, he's in spitting distance yeah. of the fucking highway. Do you not have a backyard you can go into? <laughs> or just literally anywhere else. Like, go over to Fred Gwynn's house? And, yeah. like, I mean... Uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that I now I don't have children, but I have been a caretaker to children. Sure. And literally the only thing you need to know about 1-year-olds is you cannot 
take your eyes off them for well, one Here's second. the one thing you need to know about. Like, here's your, here's your one goal as a parent or caretaker of a child. Don't let them die. <laughs> yeah, prevent their death. <laughs> here's, okay, here's the thing. We moved to this house. We didn't know the highway is right there and they drive real fast. Yeah. Get somebody there that week and make a fence in the front of the yeah, house. Yeah, fence in <laughs> your front yard. We, we talked about when we were watching the movie, there was uh, a thought I had. is like, if this was a different movie, if this was not a horror movie, it would be about them trying to like get a fucking law passed. Yeah, yes. to, like yeah, get the speed limit. Courtroom drama. Timmy's law. Yeah, it no becomes, trucks. Becomes a John Grisham movie instead yes. of a Stephen King movie. He's just so bad that like he pretty much ruins it every time he's on screen. The main yeah. actor. The main actor, mm-hmm. and that's why the movie isn't as good. Yeah, I mean yes. that's why it's not a good Stephen, really good Stephen King. Even though it has so many pieces of it that really work mm-hmm. and is effective, it just as soon as he's on, he like just sucks all the drama out of the yeah. frame yeah. every time he's on because you just stare at this blank wooden, <laughs> blandly handsome TV actor looking guy. Right. Yeah. He doesn't yes. look like the lead in a film. He's just kind of there, you like, know. He's, like, he's very kind of again. He's casual. excellent at existing. Yeah, yeah he sure can <laughs> exist. And he has no charisma. It's not like he's charming. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not like he's charming when he's supposed to be fun and like. No, he's a, a charisma fun. vacuum. Yeah. So it's not like <laughs> you at least like the guy, and then he can't have the dramatic chops to pull it off. Yeah. You just don't like him at all. How did that happen? How do you How get did that? He get cast. Yeah. Is he in anything else? He's in a lot of things. He's still working. He does TV. Oh, like, God. He's in a lot of things. I Listen, man, I know you're listening to this, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, like... Dale Midkoff. <laughs> <laughs> he's got Google alerts. <laughs> well, and like Denise Crosby is yeah. like acting. She They did give her nothing to do. She's she, acting circles. But she's trying so hard to make work of what they give her. Yeah, and, and I love Denise Crosby, again, yeah. because I'm a big Star Trek nerd. If, if you had to guess uh, what director Mary Lambert uh, did with the rest of her career, what would you assume? Lifetime movies. I know she did the second Pet Cemetery. Uh, you were not far off. She also directed some Law & Order. Uh, did she? Some, some Goldbergs, Blacklist, Arrow. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the uh, how could you forget the classic film Mega Python versus Gatoroid? Wow. I'd watch that though. <laughs> I probably have watched that. I bet you have. I watched all those movies. Uh, and uh, Halloween is, Town Two, by the way. It is very interesting. oh well. It, it is very interesting that uh, a woman directed this movie. Yeah, it and, is. And like the female lead didn't seem like she got any traction from yeah. you know like. Wow. Especially in the beginning, they just kind of like she doesn't, it felt like they're kind of like she doesn't have anything to do with the first yeah. act of the movie, except just kind of mm, she's a person that's there. Like, she's weird she's about there death. to have sex with her husband, I suppose, because she has a maid, even though it looks like she doesn't have a job. Yeah, she like, did. Have how that do maid. I get that? Wait, <laughs> how about that heart wrenching scene where uh, where the maid kills herself? Oh, and, yeah. and we all went, oh no, not. What a, Missy? Missy yeah. <laughs> I actually did know her name, Missy. I wrote it down. I had a cat named Missy, so I remembered it. Um, uh, but like, yeah, there was some. There's definite things that Stephen left in there because he wrote the book and yeah. he liked it in the book, but he and didn't I, nail like the format of a screen, a two-hour. Yeah, I don't really understand what her 
point was. Am I just not remembering? She's just kind of there, and she well, says she some... does the thing. She starts the thing about death, and like the mom being weird about it. Oh sure. And not and wanting it, to tell really. the kids. I thought Fred Gwynn did because Fred Gwynn. Well, I mean, I think they doubled down, done. Yeah, okay. no, they 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 hammered in the road. Mm-hmm. And that uh, talking about death is bad because yes. there's a there's a little girl who's in the family as well. We yeah. haven't said anything yeah. about. Oh and yeah, because her. the movie kind of forgets about she, her too. Because they just ship her off to the grandparents. She kind of has a she has a shining thing going on. Yeah, she was like, different for half a second when she's in that weird outfit. Yeah, like, <laughs> or no, that's him. Oh yeah, they have that weird painting that's very like. Oh, in a Dutch. Pan- yeah, the, yeah, the Dutch, yeah, Dutch boy, Dutch boy. Yeah, uh, it's it's very like Hans. Well, it's prominently featured in his parent her parents' house in like multiple mm-hmm. rooms. Yeah. yeah, it is simultaneously in at least two rooms. And then the little boy at the end is dressed like it for a little bit, for some reason. For some reason. Oh, you know, even though he's not technically a ghost or anything, yeah. like he technically is the reanimated corpse. So where okay. did he get that outfit? For ten seconds, and then he goes right back to his Oshkosh bagosh. <laughs> but uh, okay, so final thoughts on Pet Cemetery. Um, I'm gonna say not as good as I remembered, but good atmosphere in general. I feel like it went by pretty quick, like mm-hmm. it had a good pace. Uh, I'm gonna give it six point eight Jamie's. I'm gonna have to say like a five. I really, I didn't really enjoy it. It. I felt the runtime personally. <laughs> I just don't like. I can't get with movies where the characters are so fundamentally stupid. Like it does something to my brain. <laughs> but I probably do five-ish too, just because like there's half of a good movie there. Yeah, or maybe a little bit more. But like it just it doesn't have enough steam to fully be. And I remembered it being a lot better mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. So visually, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the solid. set design, the the Indian burial ground, all that. Oh stuff yeah, that's fantastic. great. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that was like that's the highlight true. of the film, and I'd all I'd also be, uh, I, I I'd also regret not mentioning the uh, excellent makeup work throughout the entire yeah. film. Yeah, doing yes. some cool stuff, and all practical, obviously. Uh huh. So let's move on to misery. Which was obviously always going to be the best movie yeah. <laughs> of the three. I mean, yeah. Because it's very close. I mean, it's hard to say what is the best Stephen King film. It's in the conversation. But it, I, it's, I would be very close because even though it is like the simplest story, yeah, it's so beautifully executed that like, it, uh, you know, I just, I could be, it's high up there. Yeah. It's up there with like Shawshank and Green yeah, Mile, you know? Like, oh, 100%. Like. And this is a guy who's directed two. Yeah, and Stand By Me, which yeah. is another one that's yes. like would be uh, up Rob there. Rob Reiner. Yeah. When it's an interesting choice for Rob Reiner to direct, you wouldn't, yeah. his filmography, you wouldn't think he would do. Yeah, his filmography is just kind of all over the place, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Whatever I want to do. <laughs> and Kathy Bates won an Oscar, I believe, oh, yeah. question mark? Okay. Yeah. yeah, she's excellent. That's what I thought. I, I'm a huge Kathy Bates fan, so I might be a little biased, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, well, it's made her. So good. And, like, this showed exactly how fantastic she is. And, like, so good that Stephen King wrote a book for her. Yeah. (laughs) To do Dolores Glaber. That, like, he was so impressed. That's amazing. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's got so much, so much nuance. She's in the Stand miniseries, too. Yes. She is, and I love her in that, too. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, like just from like beginning to end, she like you know obviously like she there's there's colors throughout. Like the first yeah. thing we see her do is like save uh save uh, Jimmy Con Jimmy Con uh, from this wrecked car and like you know just fireman like <laughs> fireman like, carry yeah, James Con through, through waste snow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like you know she's just starts out the movie. She's like she's just so like timid and cute Cute. like she's a nurse and she's just happy and she makes a lot of choices that i think are great and unexpected like especially when she's doing the cute thing the way she says certain lines yeah not cursing the like yeah. the colloquial things yes. her outfits are very mousy yeah. and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know a librarian looking yeah yeah and she's so sweet like i i wrote one of the things about this movie is i wonder how much different it would have been sorry i wonder how much different it would have been to see it um when it first came out yeah like how much of the movie's like iconic status because you know what's going to... I mean, I guess I've... I saw it for the first... We didn't talk about this yet. Yes. I saw it for the first time two years ago. But, like, mm-hmm. obviously I've seen a million parodies of, like, the, yeah. the limping scene. like And, you know... Hobbling. Hobbling scene, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it became one of those things that's a touchstone that is gets parodied in lots of things. And it's like, you know, the end of The Sixth Sense. Like, if you came in late to that... You yeah. don't know what it is. Although, ironically, we were, you and I were, we did see it in the theater, Sixth yeah, Sense. No, as a child, I guess the ending. I did not. <laughs> I was thrilled and amazed. But I had seen this movie a lot this on cable, just yeah. randomly yeah. on cable. So I realized a little bit in that I had probably never sat and saw it all the way through in order. Mm-hmm. But I probably had seen almost every single part of it. Oh, yeah. I distinctly remember my mom renting it and watch us watching it from Blockbuster because she loves Stephen King and we kind of watch most of them. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I remember liking the sheriff because he's fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's a lot of fun. Like, you gotta love, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Richard Farnsworth. Richard Farnsworth, yeah. yeah. No, he's uh, he's just great throughout the whole throughout the whole thing. And you got, I mean, Lauren Bacall's in there. And yes. Uh, just kind of like a, a lot of my notes were just kind of things Kathy Bates did or said. Um, like I think the first one, I, the first one for me was where uh, she starts complaining about the new book he's writing, uh, and says things like a big bastard of a check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the first time she kind of loses her cool, but I think the first one that uh, that would have disturbed me the most was uh, was the pig scene. Yeah, um, because I that is that was just like some heavy like you're like you are not playing to your audience <laughs> like James Con is not, not going to be into meeting your pig. pig. Yeah. Well, in James Con, uh, I it's interesting that he. I know that like a little reading a little bit about the backstory, a lot of actors turn this role down because you're basically in a bed the whole time and at the will of a woman and you know a lot of macho actor types aren't gonna do that and james conn was like a major tough guy actor guy you know like a lot of like the heavy hitters as far as male actors go probably would be like i know nicholson turned it down uh warren Beatty turned it down yeah because it's a weird part like you Mm -hmm. know like uh, if you consider yourself one way 
Yeah. And you have one image. Yeah, because he's completely vulnerable. He's at her mercy. He's suffering yeah. the indignity of being like disabled to some Peeing extent. In a Pe- thing. Yeah, yeah. Ha- yeah, having to be taken or care of. The jug yeah. Yeah. Oh god, that was great. That was it. I wonder who thought of that. She just has a jug of his pee and is like gesturing wildly <laughs> with a jug of pee. But. Yeah, no, I think, like, I think because he's a skilled actor, he finds a way to, like, you know, you, like, anybody can relate to him in that, mm-hmm. in that scenario. And also, like, you know, he's a, he's a strong presence yeah. in the film. Because, I mean, it's them. It's the two of them. Yeah. That's the whole movie, pretty much. Pretty much. Like, and Kathy Bates is, like, AA plus, 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 and he's right there with her because... Yeah. If she wasn't that good, he wouldn't be that good. And if he wasn't doing everything, yeah. she probably couldn't have been that good. Like, either. obviously, she comes through as the shining star because she just has the far more interesting part. And yeah. I think, I wonder if that's maybe a big reason why people were kind of turning it down. I'm sure that's part of it. Uh, but, like, you know, you like get to be a Stephen King now. Yeah. Rob Reiner was, is a, was a major director at the time, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It would have been was, a good for anybody. It was a major studio picture. Yeah. And yeah. We had talked a little bit about how it would have felt to... Do, do we want to like give a summary or am I <laughs> jumping well, ahead? Because I wanted kind to talk of talked about, about it a little bit. I think bit. everybody like, knows Misery. Uh, yeah, mi- people okay. have definitely seen Misery. Like, I hope so. He's an author. It's, she gets him. She's a crazy lady. <laughs> and, and oh yeah, I was just thinking about like the hobbling scene. To be fair, even though I knew it was coming, I guess I forgot that they showed that first leg like snapping going 90 degrees uh, and i i audibly like oh yeah kind of s- screamed a little like i <laughs> yeah. no, I, I winced and i turned away and man i knew it was coming and then the sound so, effect was good enough yes. for the second one yeah like, you didn't need it twice yeah <laughs> and like how shocking that probably would have been at the time they didn't really show that much not in something like that's not kind in of a major classy, studio picture that's yeah. kind of a classy picture that's going to get nominated for oscars yeah right definitely uh very memorable for everyone <laughs> who watches it as a man who's broken his ankle uh. <laughs> yeah it's intense once she kind of just reveals how crazy i mean like like because obviously like i think the biggest turning point is like like there's no going back as far as how how loony yeah she is uh, is when she reads the new misery novel that he wrote, um, he uh, 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 she just <laughs> comes in, you dirty bird, like yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, because obviously he's a famous writer and he writes these historical romance novels basically, uh-huh. and starring somebody named Misery. So you got a nice play on words there yeah. for the title. They said and the title. They said the title a lot. <laughs> um, I will say, to be fair, like killing your heroine of eight books just in childbirth. Yeah, that's a cop out. That yeah. is that is. He rude. clearly didn't like writing these novels, no. right? And and it's... at the same time, like I feel like now they would definitely because like I feel like you know she's not under the impression that this is the final one. Yeah, and so like if that was the. If that like you know your eight books in and that's like the like the the selling point is this is the last one. I feel like it yeah. almost be assumed that she dies. Yeah, unless well, sure. she's just removed from reality. And yes. I understand that. But like, yeah, they might not have 
announced that it was the last. Yeah. yeah. Like, who knows? Um, obviously, they probably didn't plan a fictional books campaign when writing the book movie. Yeah, and I mean, like, he was bringing, he was bringing the only copy of it to New York. No, no, that was I was confused about that too because that she reads she reads it in like it's published. She goes and buys it from the store and that's oh. the book that Misery dies in. The book, the manuscript he has is the new, new Yeah, it's his new book oh, yeah, about yeah. like street, about street or kids or yeah, whatever. That's right, that's right, that's right. Why she calls him a dirty bird. Yeah. Yeah. Or wait, no, why she, she calls him a dirty bird because of Misery dying but then but, that, the big bastard of a check. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she makes him makes fun of him cursing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, she also at one point because uh, uh, Gina really loved watching this scene with us. Um, she makes him burn the new book, mm-hmm. and yes. uh, she's like just kind of taunting him. Yeah, the with... two of you were like so visibly uncomfortable. It was <laughs> hilarious. Like the two writers, and let me mention, I'm sitting, you know, in the middle of the room in between them, and every five seconds they just keep pointing at me to insinuate that I am Kathy Bates's character. Mm-hmm. I almost said Misery, but it's I don't remember. Annie. I don't remember doing this. <laughs> they did a lot. It was a lot. Happens. I don't think you can gaslight the audience into yeah, believing this. Gina. They they drove the bit into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, she's like she's like. She's also kind of like, she's definitely doing this on purpose where she's like wildly gesturing and like pouring gasoline all over his legs. Oh yeah, I have, yes. But it's like the gentle terror of her soaking his bed with lighter fluid because it's not like, it's kind of a like gentle motion of her like just... The same way the the priest sprinkles you with holy water yeah. at mass. I she, mean, I said that, and you two have no frame of reference for that. I, I know not what, I, I know what happened. I know what those crazy Catholics do. Yes, let me cut that out of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the Exorcist. I know. Just what kidding. Catholics I'm gonna do. double down <laughs> on it. <laughs> no, you should. It's there's a lot of really fun like art design or you know the way her house is the set deck in her house and she'll put like little doilies under pills yeah and it's so it's also very clearly her parents house yeah yeah that's a generational house you know it's very clearly probably been there since the you know 30s or something because it's on a farm secluded from the town Mm -hmm. uh because she is of course the dragon lady she is the dragon lady who killed a bunch of babies when she was a nurse it seems like she killed a bunch of people in general. In the I, scrapbook, there's a lot of deaths. Yeah. I, like, I couldn't read some of them because I wasn't wearing my glasses. I feel like, did wait. she, she like, kill her husband? She, Is she killed, responsible for Yeah, I think it was insinuated that she killed her parents. No, no. Maybe, yeah, her husband. But she definitely, like, started working at the hospital and started killing patients and then mm-hmm. stepped up to exclusively babies it looks like yeah. yeah yeah she killed a bunch of people as the nurse and then but i think it said that she went away for a little while she she did go on trial and i don't know if they found her guilty i don't remember it but did, she did get either tried. way either way it doesn't seem like she was in prison for very long because she's not right. very old so yeah. like no. to be a full nurse who's killed tons of people and then to just be living in a house well she might have and claimed people, insanity. People have a very casual attitude about her too, because the guest, like the, the yeah. convenience store guy, yeah, yeah he's like, man, eh, she's just she, she, comes, she comes in and buys these books, like, yeah. But does she? But does he know who she is, or is it like a new town? 
the sheriff is an awesome character. And his wife. And his wife. And they have, that's like a lot of oh. the sources of humor and throughout the movie that really can like, really comes in and lightens the mood yes. at, a, at she, a time that you need. She plays Noah Wiley's grandmother on ER. <laughs> she had a recurring, I just put that together. I was like, yeah. where do I know her Well, from? she's in like a million, also a like hundred thousand things. things in the 90s. And Richard Farnsworth is a legendary yeah. cowboy man. He Absolutely. sure is. Uh, um, speaking of him, I had completely forgotten uh, that she shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he kind of just got away yeah. and maybe heard something. Uh, but So when his chest exploded, I definitely had a big reaction. Yeah, and like that was, they really made you feel for that one because they had spent a lot of the movie setting up how like of a nice guy he is. Yeah. And, yes. Know. I... I knew that she killed him because it's like another parallel with The Shining, but I guess I was just thinking about The Shining because I thought she axed him in the back. <laughs> yeah. But nah, that's The Shining. Uh, that, of course, like, you know, so, you know, she had uh, certain points of the movie says, when are we going to develop a sense of trust and like all this <laughs> stuff? And so, like, he kind of, like, finally, like, he's, he's, like, just acting docile enough through, like, most of, like, yeah. that second half. That, like, he finally kind of, like, you know, uh, um, like, kind of, like, breaks through and, like, you know, convinces her, like, yeah, let me just finish this. Like, his master plan all comes together. Yeah. and uh, he's biding his time while she's making him rewrite or write a new right. misery novel yeah. where she didn't die. And, like, because he's very drugged for the first half of the movie after the car wreck because he's got broken bones and yeah. everything. yes. So he's actually healing himself through this whole thing in order to get away. Because mm -hmm. he eventually tries to get and have little schemes to mm -hmm. get away. Which were always very interesting. Yeah, and they mm -hmm. expertly get ruined. So. Yes. It's it's interesting. She spends the first half of the movie like manipulating him, and then he spends the second mm -hmm. half manipulating mm -hmm. her. One glass of champagne, Dom Perignon. Dom Perignon. <laughs> Um, the last struggle is so fucking good. Um, yeah, like just talk about good stunts. Like you know, the between the two of them, they're <laughs> yeah. just doing great shit. And Kathy Bates keeps coming back like Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the one like the one thing about it is like you're not gonna believe for a second James Caan is gonna get one over on <laughs> Kathy Bates, <laughs> but like, who picked him up with her bare hands, yes. <laughs> carried her for twelve miles back to the house. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, he's all busted up and broken, yeah. like, you know. Yeah, I, he's still not able to walk. Luckily, he bangs her over the head with heavy stuff enough. Yeah. That, like... She really would not have gotten up again after no, that. No, no. After some of those. But, uh... Yeah, no, obviously just a, just a solid flick. Um, yes. How about, uh... Well, you got any final thoughts on uh, Misery and Gina? I think that... It's great. Writers love to write about writers. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. And again, I think it's probably a fear of his. We were talking about that's probably his greatest fear is yeah. the fan base in some ways. Because Stephen King is was, you know, so much more than just a guy who wrote books. Yeah. Especially in this time frame, like mm -hmm. globally. It was the guy like like yeah. You know, he he was one of the few authors you would see on the street and be like, that's Stephen King. Yes. <laughs> like, well, he's an interesting looking fella. He is. He's yes. distinct. And I mean, you know, he's in a lot of, he does cameos a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and he's going to scare great. the hell out of us. He's going to scare the hell out of us. I love him. 
<laughs> yeah. He's a very, very interesting dude who somehow, always, even though he writes similar themes and similar acts, always makes it interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and terrifying. It's it's interesting, like, seeing the B... Having read more books than I've probably seen movies of. It's always interesting because he has, like, doubles of a lot of his things. Like, yeah. Christine and Trucks. Uh, you know, Green Mile and uh, Shawshank. Shawshank Redemption are both prison things. And then, mm-hmm. he does, you know, he gets on little kicks where he's, yeah. like, fascinated by something. And Misery and the Dark Half. I've never even heard of that. Well, the Dark Half is about an author's uh, uh, pseudonym having another identity. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think it's a George A. A. Romero movie, I think. No, I just, I love it. Kathy Bates, you know, probably has the career she has because of it, Mm -hmm. obviously. And I'm grateful for that because I've enjoyed her in many more things after Rob Reiner could cast a movie. That's because all the kids no stand by that. me. Like all went on to something. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like he mm-hmm. knows some, he knows talent. And Kathy Bates is very, very, very talented. Yeah. Well, how, well, how many Jamies would you give this movie, Gina? Like a nine. Nice. I would also give this nine Jamies. I did. Yeah, definitely nine. It's very. It was very. I I can't struggle me that it was very Hitchcockian. Yeah, it's a very it, you could. Oh, it'd be a great double feature with Psycho. Uh, like, but probably it's a lot like whatever happened to Baby Jane. There's yeah. a lot of like crossover, which is also a super great movie. Mm. Like there's some literal same things that happen. <laughs> so, well, excellent. This has been a this has been a good episode. You know, it's been great having you both on here. Uh, you got anything to plug? Why'd you tap me? Because the movie you directed recently. Oh, yeah. Recently we worked on something called Hole in the Ground. And uh, I directed it. And that'll be coming soon for Danger Caution Films. All right. Well, that'll do it for this month. See ya. See ya. See you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah. those dusty trains. <laughs> Don't want to go down that road. Thank you for listening to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. For updates on this show and their other projects, get your parents' permission to go to IlluminationCinema.com. Hello, I'm Tyler. <laughs> what? I was like, what if I just started really abruptly? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm David Young. <laughs> no. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay.